0: Aloha in our day, spread a little aloha around the world, and breakfast with Bob. Thank you, Man. Welcome back, everybody, to Breakfast with Bob, our not-quite-cone edition. My name is Bob Babbitt, and we are brought to you by Master Spas. As fuels go longer, Hoka lets fly, form smart swim goggles, debore wetsuits, Quintana Roo, Zoot, the original triathlon brand, Premium Plus Sports, and of course, our Challenged Athletes Foundation. Our next guest is on a major role. He's won Ironman 70.3 Boulder, 70.3 Gulf Coast, 70.3 St. George. He's got his own YouTube channel. He's got his own line of clothing out from Zoot. He is the yo-yo-yo guy, the big unit. Mr. Sam Long joins us. How you doing, Sam the man? I'm doing so great. It's really, really great to connect. It's been a while. It's been a while, but you've had a lot of stuff going on, bud. And so I think the last time we had a conversation, it was like the long before the season started, it was, I don't even know if I'll do an Ironman branded event this year. I think, you know, I'm going to be doing a bunch of other stuff. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. And you've been on a huge Ironman roll, 70.3 Boulder, Gold Coast, St. George, followed by, I mean, before that was Oceanside. So you've been doing a, a lot of racing, but really, really
1: successful what uh, what do you think's been the big key for you yeah totally so i think if you look if you look at last year right i i kind of wanted to have adventure and explore last year and so i was doing a lot of challenge races which were fantastic but i was also traveling all around the world and living out of a suitcase and that kind of brought a lot of challenges with it um as far as having to just adapt and evolve and be in new places and and those came with a cost and performance so then this year when i really wanted to do, do the season and I'm like okay I got a baby coming I've got all this stuff going on like I want to be at my best and I want to make sure I'm at my best and I was like the best way to do that is to minimize travel and kind of do the home races the races I know and, and of course that's in the United States that's Ironman branded races and they've put on some great races and I set it up so that like I've really done not that much travel so I've been able to just actually train pretty well through most of these races, uh, with the goal of, of building to the world championship, uh, and the PTO majors here coming up. So watching Oceanside,
0: you were sort you were in a position where there's Leo Berger and I can be conservative, stay here, get at a podium, or I can go for the win. You go for the win. You end up falling back to seventh place, but you don't really know what you, what you have unless you go for it. Right. And that's sort of been your style.
1: When you look back at it afterwards how do you analyze it? yeah i think in the in the moment right and that was actually when i last saw you right at the surf clinic the next day remember i showed up yeah. to the caf adaptive surf clinic and you were like hey sam come on get on the surfboard and i think i was i was honestly pretty down in the dumps that morning like i was going on a walk because i was depressed and i'm like oh man i've had a horrible race and and you know something about getting in the cold salt water and and surfing and then it, like that sort of helped me shift my mindset like. I view oceanside like it was really just a rust buster and um i agree completely i think you should always at least for me personally i prefer to go go for it and then fall short um at the end of the day uh nobody even remembers if you're second second and seventh is really the same people remember if you win races and so i try to go for the win and um yeah and sometimes fall short but that's that's okay
0: that's always okay and one of the reasons, obviously, you're staying close to home is you're going to be a daddy soon. When what? What's the due date?
1: Yeah, so the due date's August 2nd. So we're coming up on – we're coming up actually three weeks from – in three weeks, basically, is when we're looking at, at the baby. No, two weeks. We're looking at two weeks and two days. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it could happen any time. I and mean, we've already got like at night sometimes – sometimes my partner, Laura, she's like, Oh, I think I just had a little contraction. Of course, I'm like up out of bed, like (laughs) a million miles an hour. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's been the the last month has been really crazy. We've been kind of looking for homes to try and buy a home as well, to get in a more permanent place and and training for, you know, the PTO US open, which is two days after the due date, and then Singapore and then 70.3 worlds. And so it's just been like, it's been a huge whirlwind and then of course i started training with lionel you know uh 3 weeks ago so it's like i actually have so many updates i want to like tell the world but i've just been too busy to even like tell the story i've been too busy living life to tell the story what do you
0: when you you guys always have to go head to head when you're racing but training with a guy is is different because obviously you steel sharpens steel you guys push each other more so than if you're just training by yourself. What have you gained from just that experience of trying training with Lionel?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I think our first two sessions, we also had to learn a little bit, right? Because steel sharpens steel, but also if you try and sharpen each other too much, then there's not going to be any steel left. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the first two sessions, because we were so used to to racing each other and kind of pushing each other to the limit, I think we actually went like a little a little too hard. Um, because then I was like, I mean, I could, I I was like on my ass for a week, basically. I still got all the training done, but it was like train and basically lie in bed and, and get that done. So then after a week of that, we kind of came back to the table and we are like, okay, like, let's be just a little smarter with this. Let's sharpen each other, but let's also make sure that we hold each other like accountable and that we don't, you know, that we hold back that 5%. And then once we've done that, we've now had two weeks of like, it's just been more consistent and and still nailing great sessions, but without like, you know, you go five percent harder and you have twenty percent more fatigue. So I think we found found the right limit, Um, and it's been amazing. I mean, I've never really honestly trained with someone who where we're both pushing each other to that limit. It's it's really great. It's it's fascinating because it
0: flat. I flash back to we had uh, Peter Reed and Tim DeBoom back in the you know late nineties training together, and it, and. I remember Tim DeBoom telling me Peter Reed won the 1998 Ironman and Tim was 10th. And Tim was like, I'm constantly pushing that guy in training and he gets he wins and I get 10. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> it sort of changed their whole dynamic because they were pushing each other. But once Peter beat Tim, then they really couldn't train together anymore. They, they were worried about sharing too much, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think with us, it was almost the opposite until this year, right? Because Lionel, unless if one of us had a bad race, but like when we were both on it, he had always beat me. So I think it was kind of a little like, okay, if I train with him, he's for sure the alpha dog and I'm kind of the apprentice, which which has its place as well. But I think now it's kind of like we can both come to the table and we can both add and there's just even that more degree of mutual respect. And so it's like, we're both looking to learn from each other, I think.
0: So with St. George, which was a really cool race uh, with yourself. And then we also had Trevor Foley in second and Jackson Laundry third, Lionel fourth, all you guys within five minutes of each other. That, that was a really, really fun race to watch uh, develop. It was for you, because you've had so many great experiences with and St. George and having, you know, Lionel being side by side with Lionel one year, and uh, what what was your takeaway from that particular race?
1: Yeah, my biggest takeaway with that race is just when you have a dream of something, you just got to keep showing up, right? You got to keep showing up and performing and doing your best year after year after year until you get what you want. And, um, you know, St. George has been kind of the race I've always wanted to win for for such a long time. It's it, it's where I started yeah. as an amateur. It's then where I was going early on as a pro. It's where I made my name. Then as a pro, right with Lionel, it's where I got on the my first podium on the world world stage. Like mm-hmm. that, but I had never actually won. So it was finally like, okay, now I can go and win. And it just goes to show like, you know, what what you want in life isn't going to always happen right away, or even after three years. It took me like five or six years to finally get the win there. But uh, I showed up every single year.
0: Will you be doing any fulls this year, or is a focus gonna be 70.3? Uh, 70.3 and pto
1: yeah so i mean i i tried to do quarter lane unfortunately right. i got i got three flat tires there and so now i'm kind of uh i'm i'm not sure like yeah unfortunately that was that was the time in the schedule where it made the most sense like i i was able to carve out a bit of time to focus on ironman training and it made sense there and then i because I, I really just want to see what can i do at the full where am i at with that right and now I sort of have to reevaluate. I'm going to see. I'm going to see how things are with the baby, uh, just how overwhelmed I am, or if I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got my hand on this. I think I can also tackle Ironman training. But uh, it, it'd be great to try and do one and knock out that Kona qualification early. But at the same time, like, I also really want to enjoy the time of being a dad. So at this point, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other side of that is Lionel sort of made that clear that hey, he's not focusing on Ironman right now. So the fact that both of you are be f- focusing on the shorter distance together, that would be, be even more helpful.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that's, you can see me and him doing that, but I think you can also just look at the sport as a whole. I think, you know, the the full distance really used to be like 90% of how a career was decided. And now I think it's, you can for sure have a great career even if you don't do Ironman with all the PTO majors coming in and 70.3 worlds gaining more esteem and like the middle distance is really such a great distance right now.
0: Absolutely and and so with Milwaukee I was looking at the the start list on that (laughs) and you're talking Christian and Jan and Magnus and Ben and Daniel Backegaard I mean you like it when the big boys are there. I'm guessing that that this is a lot of fun for both you and Lyle, knowing that the best people in the world are going to be on the start
1: line in in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think it's, I think we live all year, we train all year to get ready for these races and and to hope to be at our best. And so, I mean, I really have my fingers crossed that I'm at that race. I mean, I, I'm I'm doing absolutely everything in my ability to be there. And if the baby doesn't come like it's going to be really hard to miss that but at the same time it's the right choice but I will get another option two weeks later and then I will get another option one week after that at 70.3 world so I got three I got three world championship fields uh coming up here and yeah I I really do think that's literally why we be an athlete all year right like the the other races are great and everything but ultimately they're, they're preparation and I think like I do think we can learn something from team sports right like Cause at the same time, some people say, Oh, you should only ever do championship races. Well, that's also not true. Right. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to have to face Patrick Mahomes every single weekend for 16 weeks. Like it's gonna, it's gonna kill you. You know what I mean? Like instead you want to minimize travel. You want to prepare, you want to train, you want to build that confidence. And then you want to really get ready for those, those few days that matter a year. So when I look at uh, uh, what's been happening with, with right now
0: with, 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 with the World Cups, not the World Cup scene, but the ITU racing and Super League, and are you a fan as well when you're, you're all these, even races that you're not, you're not going to do a Super League race anytime soon, but what, do you watch that? Do you you like all the different formats of triathlon you see out there right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say there's maybe more likelihood I, I try and do a Super League race than an Ironman Man <laughs> this year. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Malibu looks pretty enticing you know what you'd be great at Malibu yeah I honestly would love to come and do Super League Malibu just for the experience so I'm a fan of the sport from from super super sprint to Ironman and like I think the beauty of it is, is even trying to do and see how you stack up it at, at multiple distances. And of course I'm following all of it and like, don't get me wrong. I know I am nowhere close to any of those guys, but I just think it would be an exhilarating experience to go and see what it's like. And, and, also what's the crowds like, what's the venue, like, how do they set it up? Just like, you know, I watch it on TV, but it'd be cool to see like, okay, this is what it's actually like in person. And, oh, I'm a, I'm a pretty good athlete and I'm 20 minutes behind them or something, you know? <laughs>
0: We saw Gab Worth at Malibu, and he got lapped out, right? It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it just goes to show, like, you know, there's about five, triathlon's one sport, but it's actually about five different sports, right? And totally. and someone who's really good at one might not be good at another branch of it. So
0: when, we were, when you were kind enough to join us in Oceanside, we had our luncheon, and we honored Mike Riley there, and you and I had a, a little conversation with the crowd, and talking about you know, you would come to our San Diego Triathlon Challenge a couple of years ago and hung out with all of our challenged athletes, which was awesome. Came to the surf clinic. But that day when I was interviewing you, you said something that you related to the athletes because growing up, you know, you faced some challenges yourself. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess I, I don't talk about this too much. But like, I, I remember I was kind of put in the box, right? I've, I'm different and, and in not such a good way. I was I was put in special ed when I was in like, first grade, second grade. I couldn't say my S's and I couldn't say my R's and I couldn't say my L's. Well, guess what? My name is Sam Long. It's got an (laughs) S and it's got an L. So I couldn't even say my own name, you know, and uh, and at first I thought, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. But I remember kind of like being shunned and and, oh, Sam, you got to go to your special ed kind of. And it was like interesting. As a kid, you don't realize you just think, oh, I'm on my normal learning curve I'm learning I'm happy I'm having a great time as I'm understanding the world but then you catch on to these adults saying like oh you're you're different and you're not as good and and you don't belong with everyone else and and I was realizing like okay I think obviously it's way different but the you know the adaptive sports it's it's the same way oh you don't you don't belong in sports you don't don't have a leg or you you know you're you, you can't do this so on and so forth and all they want to do is be like everyone else. Um, and and they showcase that they can be like everyone else, right? The spirit of sport and the spirit of competition is the same thing, you know, regardless of of what your God-given talents and abilities are. And maybe even better if you've seen misfortune in your life, right? That's yeah. that's taking you down. I, I honestly think it's probably even better. It showcases like the ideals and the virtues of sports even more. And so I, I think that's why I've always really, really identified with it, you know?
0: When did was sport a huge catalyst for you getting past that past that feeling that you were lesser than? Well, I think
1: so. So that's the thing, right? Because sport was what yeah. sport was what I was always good at. Right. So right. there were there were the things I was bad at, but like I could pick up pretty much any sport because I was good at moving with my body. And so I think for me, sport was a way to be like okay I do belong and I am actually like good at something and you don't need to put me in this box and so it like sport was literally my my saving grace you could say even from from 3rd grade
0: so you've created your own youtube channel which is which comes with its own challenges right cuz all of a sudden it's like oh my god I better I better come out with an episode I got to Yeah do exactly Back in the day, an athlete could just be an athlete. I mean, Dave Scott, Mark Allen, everything was based on the results, and that was basically it. But now, as an athlete, you have to be an athlete. Now you're you have to be a content content creator, social media person, a uh, little bit of your own agent, and to a certain degree, self coaching. There's a lot involved, in, and then obviously, you're going to be a dad soon too. There's a lot of lot of things pulling at you.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, there's definitely, like, I don't know. I think it's maybe never been harder to be a professional triathlete in a way, right? Because of all the different things that mean that mean to be success. And ultimately, right. like, I think if you ask any pro, including myself, like, what what's the most important thing? Or, or why are we a professional? Well, I'm a professional because I want to see how fast I can go, right? That's what interests me. But I'm also a professional or I'm a professional because I want to make money and now I want to provide for my family. And so it's like, you can't have, you can't really have one without the other, unless if you have a trust fund or something, right? Right. Um, and so it's like, okay, I need to do all the things to make sure I pay the bills so that I can then make sure I'm I'm able to train and go as fast as I possibly can and have a long term viable career. And and it's actually quite fun, like taking over the YouTube one hand it's been really difficult but on another hand like it's taught me a lot about storytelling and how to tell a story and also think about like because i think it was interesting right i had three or four different people doing my youtube before that and i think all of them had a different idea of oh this is who sam long is and this is how i want to portray sam long and some of them portrayed me as an asshole (laughs) as (laughs) like cocky arrogant asshole and then other people wanted to portray me as like Almost went the opposite direction. Oh, let's portray him as like this really nice guy, and and so it was like the branding was kind of inconsistent, and people saw that, and it, it created this whole thing of like, oh, Sam's a way different person in real life than he is in like yeah. social media. But now that I'm doing it myself, it's like okay, I just like I know I'm I'm more consistent. So I think overall, it definitely has its uh, pros. Uh, the hardest part is like figuring out how to how to film yourself, right? Like that's right. that's complicated and coaching wise are you coaching yourself right now yeah so i'm i'm coaching myself as well uh honestly that's been it's been a fantastic decision for me a- as an individual i think i don't think like there's one way or the highway i don't think there's no. one way to do it. i think some people really need a coach i think other people maybe maybe don't and it started just as like a trial process to see okay let's see how this goes and and right now it's going really really well it, it could change, but for now it's going really, really well. And and I'm open to what the future holds, but like, I think just listening to my body and really paying attention to that and having the flexibility, especially this year with, with so much going on and the baby coming, like I write a schedule out every week or two weeks in advance, but I also know that it, it can change quite a bit. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's just been going really well. You know, your body better than
0: anybody you've been doing it for a long time and you know, you can always reach out to people. It's you know, so I'm having a little issue with, with nutrition or I'm having an issue with this or that you, you have enough resources in the community where you can just reach out to somebody and get some insight.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which, which I do all the time. I get insight all the time. And I, I also think like, especially as a professional, it's different if you're an age group or in your and you're working a job because your hours are so limited anyways. But as a professional, like we have the, like I, I had the opportunity to train with Lionel the last two years. We never trained together, right? He had a different coach. I had a different coach it's like, oh, I've got my session, he's got his session, like, and it actually creates these barriers to train with other people. And then I found like, now that I'm coaching myself, even when I went to Boulder, it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm jumping in with all different people. Yes. I hear what their session, and it's not like, oh, it's not just like this random chaos. It's like, I still ask them, okay, what's your session? Like, I know, okay, this session is going to accomplish this. And then I modify and I build the week around it. And that way, like, I'm just a social guy. Like for me, training on my own 365 days a year, like I'm yeah. I'm going to get worse. Even if the training is the most scientific best thing ever, for me, training with others and having fun is the most important part. And so I'm, I'm able to accomplish that. That should be
0: really empowering to sort of control your own destiny and get up, you know, you decide over the weekend, okay, this is what I'm going to do this week. And you come up with your plan. And then at the end of the week, you're able to go, look at that. 85 90% of that stuff I actually did and didn't end up injured and <laughs> I'm happy and okay. I train with other people it, it, exactly exactly yeah, like
1: especially when you go to a race and it's like okay you've been making those decisions and you know you're always having this con- I'm always having this conversation with myself like am I doing too much is this putting me over the edge like so on and so forth and then you show up at a race and it's like okay like I was in charge of the plan and I was in charge of executing the training and if I fail and I flop on my face, this is like, it's pretty much a hundred percent on me. Like I really messed yes. it up, but then you win and it's like, oh, wow. I, I made all the right decisions in the training block as well as doing the hard work, you know, and, and it's, it's just such a rewarding feeling then. So Trevor
0: Foley has been training with you guys as well. Is some, some of your thoughts on, on Trevor, cause this is a kid um, on the move.
1: Yeah. He's a great guy. He is a great kid. Um, great kid. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really, really fun. Huge talent, a lot of fun to be around. And I think he's got a really bright future. It, it's just great to have, like, with the three of us, you know, Lionel, me, yes. Trevor, like, we've got three different personalities. Totally different. Three totally different personalities. And I mean, it's just like, it's actually quite hilarious because, like, our biggest debates are always like, okay, what time are we going to start the session, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> mind you, we're in Tucson right now. Where it's so, a thousand degrees. It's a thousand degrees. So by, by nine in the morning, it's over 90 degrees. So I'm I'm the one who's always opting like, hey, let's start at six. Let's start at six. And Lionel's, who historically used to wake up at like 10. So to his credit, he's really trying, but he's always like, six is too early. Let's start at seven. And so then, then we always have a debate. And Trevor is just kind of like Mr. Easygoing. Um, he's just like, I'll be there whenever. But then <laughs> Like, we show up, whatever time we decide, we show up, and, you know, Lyle's like, oh, man, I had to get up so early to to get here. I'm like, I'm always up at this time anyway, so I don't really care. And then Trevor's like, you know, because he's 24, he's like, yeah, I stayed up till 1130 last night and woke up 10 minutes before, like, and, and his eyes are still shut. Yeah, I just woke up, and, and no time to make coffee, no time for anything, but here I am. <laughs> it's just like... and and that's like every day we've got that going on
0: (laughs) besides the fact that he likes to start late what else have you learned from you know being when you're running or riding with somebody you learn a lot about that athlete what makes them tick what have you learned about Lionel
1: I mean to be honest I I did this track session with Lionel yesterday like I obviously this is what everyone says but like I was honestly like a little I was impressed and intimidated at the same time. Like I think he he was struggling a little bit with the paces and I've never seen anyone like motivate themselves so hard internally just like to get a training session done. I've seen people do it in races, but like it was really impressive and cool to see like you know he he lives and he dies for that, not just in racing but also in training. Like it it was it was really cool it was really impressive to see, honestly.
0: You, you know, what's interesting is uh, what one thing that is uh, when I have watched Lionel and seeing him, nobody tunes into his YouTube channel to watch him go. I'm going to go for an easy 5K today, right? You're, you're yeah. there to watch a suffer fest. You're watching him there to hurt. And I've always wondered what the the, the long term of that is. I mean, it can only go to the well so many times in training and in racing. But this guy is an anomaly i mean he can he can dig so deep and he seems like he can do it every single day
1: yeah honestly that's what it seems like in, in talking with him it seems like right the last year he went down this rabbit hole of like oh i'm not gonna burn those matches and i'm not gonna go deep and and i only get so many of them and and you know he he'd say himself he's had performance his worst performances he's had in a while and i think he's back to like I'm going to just go as hard as I can every single, every single heart. There's still easy days in the week, but the hard days of the week, it's like go as hard as you can and, and get it done. And, um, and it's going to be exciting to see, see what comes out of that.
0: So for you, you you've you accomplished a lot in a, in a, in a career that's is uh, still just getting going. What do you look at as the, what do you look at as these are things I need to accomplish or I want to accomplish in my career?
1: Yeah, so, like, to be honest, I'm I'm actually going through a bit of a phase of, like, having to recreate that. Like, like that's a work in progress for me mm. now. And I think it's because of what's happened with Kona, right? Like, I think right. for years, it was always like, okay, Kona is going to be, like, the main object. Like, Kona was what I dreamed about. And now it's like, you know, I qualified for Kona. I qualified for Kona back in 2019, and I still haven't gone to it. Like, (laughs) and some of that's my own fault, right? I decided not to go last year to focus on 70.3 worlds, but with the understanding that it would happen this year and then it doesn't happen this year. And now it's moved to every other year. And it's like, like, if you want to make your Kona the be all end all, like you're only getting it every two years now. And, and, and we don't even know what's going to happen after 2026. It might, it might be gone. And so, right. And, you know, I also started the sport and, Full distance was also the thing I cared about. Like I, I couldn't have cared less about seventy point three. I, 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 I didn't care one tiny little fraction about it. Like it was, Iron Man was the only thing I cared about. And now, like I'm just seeing. I, I don't know if the sport's seeing an identity crisis. Although I think it is a little bit in terms of Kona and what's important. But like certainly as myself, I'm seeing like an identity crisis in terms of like what's my dream in the sport and and what am I really trying to accomplish. And so like for right now, I'm just trying to be the best triathlete I can and race really cool races. But like, I am I have to figure out like, what is that, you know, that career long? Yeah. And, and of course, it's okay. I still want to win Kona once, but it's like, ho- hopefully I, you know, I, I don't want to talk too big, but it's like, hopefully I can have a bigger dream, dream than that. And, um, but I don't know what that is anymore at this point.
0: Well, it's interesting too, because we don't know tomorrow, somebody might come out with something new. with with a million dollar prize person who who knows right we've pto came out of nowhere and all of a sudden those races those last few years have really really the u.s open canadian open last year were huge those were really really big races because you could make you can make what used to be winning money by finishing top 10 and changed changed the whole sense of it i looked at when i saw people finished you know third and fifth in canadian open u.s open that was a, that's like a world championship season because those yeah, that was big yeah.
1: dollars against a great field. Yeah. I mean, a, a day that really, truly changed my, re- my life was 2020 Daytona, right. When PTO yes. put a million dollars. And of course at one race, I was leading the race in second, and then I blew up, but I got ninth place, but I got a paycheck for $18,000. And I was, I was like 22, 22 years old. Like, I had made a deal with my dad of like, okay, Hey, if I'm not able to make money in the sport, like, and, and that was the cutoff. If I, I I, must've been a little older. I must've been, cause I'm 27. I must've been 24th, but I was right. about to turn 25. The deal was if I wasn't making money by the time I was 25, I was going and I was getting a, a real, real job. <laughs> you know. And so, you know, I get ninth place and, you know, $18,000. And I'm basically like, Hey dad, here's my paycheck for 18 grand. You know, like I, I can make money in this and, and, that's why I think like, yeah, the sports, the sports changing, I guess, ultimately, I just want to focus on being the best athlete I can and and being versatile at whatever distance like comes out on top as being the, the most dominant or promising distance, you know? So, so dad, I got 18K, I can move out of the basement. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> that must have been when you first had that discussion of, hey, I want to see if I can become a professional athlete what was how that discussion go when you talked to your dad and said hey th- i want to give this a go
1: yeah so i think like i was in college you know and it was always my family it was always okay sam you're you're going to college and you know you're getting some type of a job that comes out of that kind of thing right. and, but it was obvious my passion like was in sports so i was thinking okay maybe i'll be like a personal trainer or a physical therapist right. and i was racing triathlon i actually turned professional in college but there's a huge difference between racing with a pro card and like being a professional, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and it was kind of like, then I graduated and I was like, okay, I, th- I think I'm going to like give this a job for like, my dad gave me like five grand as a graduation present. Like, okay. Like this is to get you on your feet. You got to do whatever you want. And I was like, cool. I'm taking this and I'm going to Australia. That's what I did. I said, I'm going to Australia. I've got an Airbnb for $17 a night there that I can, that I can be there. And like, I'm just going to train and like rough it and be on my own. And, it, you know, they were all for the idea, but it was like, okay, this is like, you're young. It's great to pursue your dreams, but like, let's also be stuck in reality. You can pursue this a bit. And again, you turn 25 and this ain't working. It's done. That, so that, was, the, that was the deal. and uh, And then of course it worked out.
0: I mean, when you look back, we, when we were interviewing you for at Tri Club, that was just a couple of years ago. I think it was right after we, San Diego Triathlon Challenge 2022, uh, 2021, 2021. And we were talking about you living in the your, your parents' basement. And it wasn't that long since you had moved out of there. When you look back at, that's just a couple of years ago to where you're at now. Sometimes you go, I, I can't believe this has happened so quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like it's been you know I feel like I'm on the on the accelerated track uh which is a good thing and but I will also say like in my life is so much better in so many ways but and and I'm sure you agree with this because I think you did it but like back in the 70s and the 80s you know like (laughs) like when you're living out of the truck and you're you know making 1500 bucks at a race is like winning the lottery man like it's pretty hard to like those highs are like, and you win a race for the first time and you get on a podium for the first time. Like, and you've really got no worries in life other than like, none, where am I parking the truck for the night to sleep? Like, like I look back on those years with like, don't get me wrong, there was hardship, but just such great fondness because I was just like on the seat of my pants figuring things out and and having no idea if it was going to work, you know, there was no risk. No
0: risk. Yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah. So when we uh, a magazine I was working for, went out of business and uh, I was sleeping on friends floors when somebody gave us a check for $17,000 to said, go start your own magazine and start a competitor magazine. But, you know, we we're basically sleeping in people's houses trying to figure out if, gosh, am I ever going to make a living doing this? But again, like you said, it's not like you got up in the morning, you were disappointed or you're like, this is this is great i'm going and talking to athletes and we're going to start produce a magazine and we can actually afford to do it you just you you look back at those days because there was no risk no i could lose this or you
1: have nothing to lose you're yeah, exactly. playing with house money exactly yeah exactly so i mean totally yeah and I, that's actually something i try and tell myself a lot to get me back in that mindset Is i say like every time i race i am playing with house money you know I'm i'm that's living cool. my dream like i'm literally living my my dream came true so it's like you know you get up there and you got a following now and you got sponsors and you got you got pressure and it's like sometimes you get away from it and then it's like wait a minute like i'm all right like if you had told me two years ago oh you'd have like all of this stuff and sponsorships and prestige and and race wins and so on and so forth i'd be like that's it life's made but but then you forget it once it's happened you know
0: Yes. I remember interviewing Craig Alexander once in Kona and talking about the pressure. He's defending champion and coming back. He goes, but that's why I do this. If nobody wanted to talk to me, how how am I helping sponsors? How am I, how am I successful? The fact that I'm successful and people want to talk
1: to me and I have to schedule interviews, that's not a hardship. (laughs) That's a good thing. Exactly. That's a sign of making it like, exactly. And so, and so I always just tell myself that so that I remember like, wait, these are, you know, when it's hard and you got long work days and you got, yeah, eight interviews before the race. And it's like, oh, I wish I was just sleeping in the back of my truck so I could race. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. The reason you were sleeping in the back of your truck is so that you can do these interviews now, you know, and, and and it just brings me back and realize, like, I am just, I'm so grateful for the life I get a lead. I'm, I'm so grateful for the sponsors that support me. I'm so grateful for for all the fans that, you know, are are really interested in my journey and that you know, I make them smile or I make them laugh or I, I inspire them to yep. put on a pair of running shoes and get out there. And it's like, it I, really, things couldn't be better in life, you know?
0: Well, and the, the journey is something I, I always tell people, the reason that age group athletes relate to yourself and Lionel and, and Trevor and all the rest, you guys were age group athletes. You, you yeah. were, you, this was your passion. And then you found out you had an innate ability to go fast and to push big power. But you didn't know that when you started. So when you're doing a show like this or doing your own YouTube channel and people are seeing it, they can relate. It's They can't go and play the Masters. They can't go and play Wimbledon. But they yeah. can be on the same course with you at St. George or any of these races at the same, the same day, same conditions. And you guys can talk story after the races. There's nothing cooler than that
1: exactly and and sometimes you know like Ironman Arizona right it's a multi-loop course I'm having a bad race you know I'm ru- literally running with the age groupers they're on their first lap I'm on my second lap some of them are running faster than me like you know it, it brings you back to earth pretty damn fast but in a great way
0: I love it Sam it's always such a treat to get to chat with you hopefully it works out uh, October 22nd is San Diego Triathlon Challenge 30th anniversary I know you got a you know, you'll be racing uh a lot of different stuff. I'm not sure if that date'll work, but if it does, we obviously would love to have you back here. Our athletes loved hanging out with you that weekend. And you know, you 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 connected with our athletes in a way a lot of people haven't before.
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be great to try and make it. So uh well no promises, but we'll see it. Would it would be really, really great to try and make it.
0: Love it. And we'd love to see the baby at that point. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> road yeah, trip. A road trip. Yeah. Love it. Sam, thank you, buddy, for taking so much time. Always a treat. Uh, And if I don't talk to you beforehand, uh, congrats on, on becoming a daddy.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Bob.
0: Sam Wong has been our guest. Everybody, again, Breakfast with Bob, our not quite Kona edition. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Cheers. Cheers.